No one really knows what causes a place to be haunted. Is it a terrible past event, like a brutal murder, or battle from an old war? Or is it just because a place has been around for so long, so many people have came and went, that some part of each person is left, only to conjure up something deep from the past? It's really all in what you believe. Some people think crystals give them energy and help them through their days. Others don't believe in a higher power at all. One thing I think we all can agree on is that strange feeling you get when you walk into a place. That hair-raising, cold, chill-bump-making feeling like someone is staring at you. When you turn around to look and see who it is, nothing is there. That feeling can be felt in a few different places at the location of our next story. Here, some say they see the ghost of a young girl at the local opera house, leading a final standing ovation. Others say the old jail is haunted by a past prisoner, and to beware the third floor. The downtown church is also supposed to be haunted, this time by another young girl, who while you're there, will ask for your help in order to free her from her eternal prison. This is the story of the haunted Abbeville. Welcome to Origin Mysteries. About 86 miles west of Columbia and 45 miles south of Greenville, South Carolina, sits the city of Abbeville. Founded by French settlers in 1764, it has a population of over 5,000 people. Famously known as the town former vice president John C. Calhoun grew up in, it's also the first place he decided to practice law, which ended up leading him to being the vice president of the United States. Unfortunately, the city is also famous for the events that happened in 1916. Anthony Crawford was a successful African-American farmer who one day went to town to sell his cottonseed. The man he tried to sell it to only offered 85 cents per unit, knowing it was worth a lot more. Anthony was upset and cursed at the man. This led to his arrest. But as he was sitting inside a jail cell, word got around town of what Anthony said. So a large group of anywhere between 200 to 400 people took over the jail, captured and killed Anthony, hanging him from a tree in the local fairground. Around the same time, another African-American man was said to be killed. This time, he was hung from one of the balconies of the local opera house. According to reports, on certain nights, if you look up, you may just see the very same man hanging in midair in one of the balconies. But this isn't the only thing that haunts the Abbeville Opera House. In 1908, right before the Opera House was finished being built, one of the construction workers who was working on the roof of the building fell to his death, directly landing on the asphalt parking lot. He now haunts the backstage areas, moving the thick ropes of the curtains, doing strange things inside of each of the dressing rooms. He also moves props around the stage 
and even bangs on the pipes when he wants your attention. The Opera House was built in order to attract more tourism in the 1900s. Back then, road companies produced plays and would travel from New York to Richmond and to Atlanta. Abbeville ended up being a frequent stop for some of these companies, so the locals thought they would make a theater for them to perform at, thus leading to the opening of the famous Abbeville Opera House. One more ghost also haunts the balconies of the Opera House. She was a part of that same touring company, which was there to perform the play Ben Fur. During her performance, she became very sick, and some say died right there on stage. Others say she left the stage and went back to her room at the Belmont Inn, only to return for the final act and then lead a standing ovation, only to die later that night back in her room at the inn. Locals may not all agree on the events that happened that night, but they do agree on what happens nightly at the Opera House in present day. After many performances, many actors and visitors of the house have claimed to see a young woman dressed in centuries-old clothing, standing in the third-floor balcony, clapping. There were so many sightings of her that the Opera House decided to dedicate a special seat for her in the very spot she said to be seen. They also leave a special ghost light on every night. If someone moves her chair or forgets to turn on the light, it is said that the performance would have many issues causing them to have to cancel the show. But the Opera House isn't alone when it comes to visitors from the other side. Right across the street is the Belmont Inn. This is the place where the young woman that haunts the Opera House stayed in and is also said to be haunted. The ghost of Abraham and an unknown Scotsman are said to walk the halls of the Spanish-style inn. The Belmont was built in 1903 and was the place everyone would stay once they got off the local train track. According to the locals, Abraham and the Scotsman both once stayed here for a short time, only to never really leave. Though they are never seen together, they both do similar things to the current guests of the Belmont. Knocks can be heard late at night, only to be no one on the other side once you answer. The rearranging of many objects and breaking of glass happens quite often and is always blamed on the ghostly duo. The old local jailhouse and church have also been reported to be haunted. Now a local museum, the original jailhouse still stands in the same place it did when it was first built. The first floor was built to house the sheriff at the jail. The second was to hold the more petty criminals those who got into small fights or were arrested for stealing. The third floor was the most active. Here is where the worst criminals were held and also hanged. The entire floor has enormous ceilings with large beams that were perfect to hang a rope from. This is the place where one of the locals actually communicated with the ghost. The museum had hired a medium to come and see if he could find anything or anyone that haunted the building. It wasn't until he reached the third floor that he started to feel the presence of a man. 
after a short talk with what looked like nothing but air. He turned to the museum worker and introduced her to Earl Miller. He was the ghost who haunted the third floor and had been there since 1905. According to the medium, he was scared that she was going to banish him from the jail. But instead, she asked him to stay and watch over the museum. It is said that to this day, you can see Earl walking the halls of the museum, only to disappear after a few minutes. The ghost that haunts one of the local churches is also up for debate by the locals. Some believe it is that of a young girl named Elizabeth. Directly in the middle of downtown Abbeville is what the locals call the square. It's where South Main Street meets North Main Street. And it's a really interesting place to walk around with many places to eat and shop at. Each door is very similar in design from the outside. Mostly all of them are the original buildings from when they built the town. They're really old, medium-sized brick buildings that are built almost on top of each other. It's a one-stop shop for pretty much everyone around. As the story goes, one day, a little girl was in town visiting her mother. They were both out walking around the square downtown, viewing the shops and possibly looking for something to eat. When all of a sudden, the little girl started to run for some unknown reason. Her mother shouted out to try and stop her, but the girl just ignored her and headed down a small, one-way road. Once the mother started down this road behind her, she started to feel strangely. She thought maybe it was the stress of her child running away, until she looked at what was standing right in front of her. You see, the daughter and mother were now running on Trinity Street, and that street ends directly in front of the Trinity Church. The mother had to stop and take a breath as she watched her child run into the empty, somewhat intimidating, gothic-style church. By the time the mother got inside, her daughter was directly in front of the large stained glass window that was on the back wall. The beautiful glass with sun glaring through it was mesmerizing. Finally, beside her daughter, she asked her what was wrong and why she ran from her. The girl then turned to her and said, This is my new friend Elizabeth, pointing to the empty air beside her. She is scared and needs our help. The mother wasn't able to see anything at first and started to worry about her daughter. Yet for the next two weeks, the child was drawn to the church so the mother would follow. Eventually, she did end up seeing Elizabeth and her mother and daughter worked together in order to free her from the church. Some locals believe this story, except for the ending, because on certain nights, it is said that you can see the ghost of Elizabeth still waiting inside the church, hoping someone can help her find her way home. Others believe it's the ghost of Elizabeth Marshall, whose husband died in the Second Battle of Manassas in 1862. Not knowing what to do, she was said to have went to the one place she believed had all the answers, the local church. There she wept day and night, lost without her life partner. She's said to be seen in the pews, walking up and down the aisles, weeping uncontrollably. 
the final place of strange events in this town is the Welcome Center. Those that work there say that when you walk in, you're welcomed by more than just the staff. The ghost of a little boy is also there, waiting to follow you in and out of every room you walk in. He's even been spotted in the streets, staring down at nothing, only to disappear after a short while. Do you believe that the city of Abbeville, South Carolina is haunted? If so, is it because of all the history the town has? Or is it something far more sinister, waiting in the dark, looking for his next victim? This is Origin Mysteries. Experience the Mysterious. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, at Origin Mysteries. I post pictures of each episode. You don't want to miss the picture of the Trinity Church. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review via iTunes or Apple Podcasts. If you're craving for more Origin Mysteries, join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash originmysteries. And remember, gets access to the Fireside Mysteries podcast. Episode 1 and 2 are now available. This episode was written and narrated by me, Cameron Rainey. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday.